emotions today. <laughs> I feel feel really good. Mandy and I got to go on a backpacking trip for a couple of days in this beautiful, cool weather, which was great. I highly recommend doing it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Anybody like camping in the room? Oh, man. Nothing, I don't know, there's just something about getting back to the way it used to be and cooking on an open fire and sleeping on the hard ground. Like, I, told, I was like, how is it that I feel more rested sleeping on a tree branch, you know, root running under me, than I do in my own bed, you know? Oh, I was like, I thought we had a nice flat ground, and you always find that one rock that just bothers you. But I slept so well. I think the first night, Mandy woke up at like 3 in the morning, like wide awake, ready to go. Like it was morning. And I'm like, babe, what are you doing? It's like 3 in the morning, I'm sure. She's like, I'm waiting for the sun. It's got to be coming up any second now. We probably went to bed at 8 o'clock. You have no idea. You know, it gets dark. Go to sleep. Wake up. Uh, it's, it's just refreshed. I feel really good. So I highly recommend going away and going to sleep when the sun goes down and waking up at 3 in the morning. <laughs> All right. Well, it's just fun to, to be in the kingdom, right? Let me feel that way. I, I do. Um, there's a, a quote that I heard from uh, a man named Graham Cook, and if you've never heard of him, um, you can go look him up and listen to some of his stuff. But um, this was on Twitter. He, really, he sent this out a couple weeks ago, and I always save these really things that really speak to me. I save them and put them in a file and just go back and read them every now and then. And this, this thing came up. Uh, in my heart this week. It says, the way to unlock our potential is to create the same environment on earth that exists in heaven. The way to unlock our potential is to create the same environment on earth that exists in heaven. And so I just, before I got into the sermon that has nothing to do with that topic, I wanted to pray that over everybody, that we would begin to experience heaven on earth, because that's the prayer he told us to pray, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when, when heaven comes, grace comes. The, the empowering presence of God comes down and, and makes us able to do what we couldn't do before. That's what grace is. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about that. Grace is not undeserved favor like we've always thought it to be. Grace is actually the presence of God that comes upon us that empowers us to do what we couldn't do before. Right? <laughs> So uh, why don't you just put your hand on your heart, and we're just going to ask for potential to be unlocked. Yeah, Father, we, we ask right now that all the dreams that are in your heart would unfold in ours. That all the things you see for us would be the things that we see in ourselves. Hmm. That all the words you've spoken for us would be the things that we repeat in our minds. I ask for the potential inside of every one of us to come alive. This is what you do. You make us come alive. So I ask that the potential that's in us would come unlocked. As your kingdom comes to earth. And the empowering presence of God, the grace of God rests on us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now don't, don't think it's weird if you start being able to do stuff you didn't know you could do. The next few days, like, man, I didn't know I could do a backflip. <laughs> anyway, I can dunk a basketball. I've never been able to do I'm just kidding. That would be awesome. <laughs> Take us back to the days of our youth. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, we really started on a series of, 
about discussing how to unlock our new man inside of us. How um, when Jesus came and he says the old is gone in 2 Corinthians uh, 5 verse 17, it says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and all things have been made new. He really meant that. And, and it's, it's really who we're supposed to be is the new creation. The old is supposed to stay dead. Remember, we talked about that. And, uh, and then last week, <clears throat> we talked about putting at the center of everything we believe and understand the goodness of God. And if we can make the center piece of our life, we make the anchor of everything that we think, everything that we know, is that God is really good and he's on my team and he wants me to succeed and he has good thoughts for me, good plans for me. If we make that the center of everything we do, it will affect every area of our life. You believe that. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you get a virus on the computer, it goes in and it affects every part of the computer. I, I believe with all my heart that God wants his goodness to become like a virus inside of us <laughs> that just spreads to every area of our life and infects us and changes and shifts us and causes things to happen that we couldn't have ever made happen on our own. And that can't happen fully until we really believe that God's really good because that's the center of, of all truth is that God's good. Amen. So if you want to open your Bibles to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We've kind of been reading some of the same scriptures lately, but we're on a theme series kind of a little bit. And if you want to also uh, go to Ephesians chapter 5, we'll read from both of those places here in a little bit. Ephesians chapter 5 and 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And as we're going there, I'd like for you to, to say our prayer Say this prayer with me. Uh, Father God, I ask you today to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I may know you better. Amen. If you want to know what we're supposed to look like as Christians on the earth, all we have to do is look at Jesus. How many believe that? I just want to, you know, bring a, a train of thought here and then go to where I want to go today. Um, we're to be imitators of God. Ephesians 5 says, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up as an offering, as in a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Say, I am light. I am not dark. <laughs> walk as children of the light. Yeah, say that. Walk as children of the light. And then it says, For the fruit of light is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then it says, And then try to find what is pleasing to the Lord. So really what God wants us to do is to really believe in the core uh, of our understanding that when Jesus Christ came and gave his life for us, that when he died, and we accept him in our hearts. We died with him. And then when he rose, we arose in him as a new creation. Amen? So now we're to be imitators of who Jesus Christ was on the earth. In other words, we're to, to copy what Jesus did. Remember, we hit this. There's a difference between being fake and being an imitator. A person who is fake has no conviction in the thing that they're copying. But an imitator has a full conviction and full belief in the thing that they're copying. A little boy copies his dad or imitates his dad because he has a full conviction that he was made 
to be like his father, and that if his fathers can do it, he can do it. So there's a conviction in the imitation that comes from a little boy to their dad. A person that's fake, that tries to put on the appearance or the religious facade, there's no conviction in my heart that I'm supposed to actually be this, but I'm supposed to do it. Christianity is not about doing. It's about being. And and this is where we're going as a church. It's like making the shift in our thinking, like, I'm not supposed to just do righteous things. I'm supposed to be righteousness. He said we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He didn't say you will do righteous things. He said you're the righteousness of God. And if I am the righteousness of God, then doing the righteous things will flow out of my being. Amen? You guys good? So when Jesus demonstrated who he was as he walked and as he couldn't help but release his love on people, um, even the woman who just touched the hem of his garment, and he even felt it, and he felt, the Bible says that he felt virtue leave his body. And he stopped and said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, you're crazy, Jesus. You've been drinking some of that wine? (laughs) What are you doing? What's going on? He's like, look, somebody touched me. He's like, I felt virtue leave my body. Like, he didn't even... Like, make a conscious effort to, oh, when someone touches me, I'm going to release this today. It's just who he is. It just oozes out of him. He leaks who he is everywhere that he goes. Years ago, when I first heard of uh, the man named Bill Johnson, uh, before he was Bill Johnson as he is now, he said that we're supposed to leak. Just like Jesus leaked everywhere he went. Just leak. It takes the pressure off. If my identity becomes I'm a new person and I'm created in the image of God and I actually can have the nature of God, the spirit of God living inside of me, then all the things that I'm supposed to do don't become hard anymore. Don't become difficult. Don't become this religious drudge, drudgery or exercise that, that I have to force myself into doing. I'm a new creation. I'm, I have the spirit of God living in me. Then I just do what the spirit of God would do. Do what light would do. Stop being darkness. You are now light. So now walk as a child of the light. And, and that's where I bring in that imitating God. Because whenever I was young, I used to say, I don't want to just do something if I don't feel it. How many have ever said that before? I don't want to be fake. I don't want to worship and lift my hands if I don't feel like I'm supposed to worship and lift my hands. Like someone from the pulpit would say, hey, everyone lift your hands and worship. And I'd be like, I don't want to do it because you told me to. Because I don't want to be fake. I totally missed it. The rebellion in my old nature totally missed the point of, no, I'm, I'm imitating. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing something that even though I don't feel it right now, my new nature is supposed to do this. And I'm going to do this until I feel like I'm supposed to do it. Until, it becomes, until the feeling comes with it. It's called discipline. Paul says, I beat my body into submission. We don't like that. We don't like to do anything that we don't feel first. Because we become a bunch of Christian feelers instead of believers. I can't do it unless I feel it. How many knows a lot of stuff in life we do we don't feel at the moment? I don't feel like shaving once a week. (laughs) You're laughing. (laughs) 
I really only shaved once a week. I hate shaving. I just let it go through the week. Saturday night, I'm like, I don't really feel like cleaning the house, folding clothes, but it needs to be done. And it feels so good after it's over, right? There's a lot of things about Christianity that we don't feel like doing. The main disconnect is that we don't realize that it's our nature to do it. For some reason, we feel like we're not supposed to want to do right things. Like it's still supposed to feel weird to us to do right things. And I don't know why, but man, I've just had a good, I've been in a good mood all week. I don't understand it. (laughs) I used to hate that guy. Now I just want to hang out with him. I don't understand this. This is weird. Why? Dude, it's our new nature. That's natural. That euphoric feeling of doing the right thing. How many, when 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 you do the right thing, it feels good. How many have ever felt that feeling? That is how we're supposed to feel all of the time. Because that's our new nature. When we do a right thing, and that feeling of, man, good job, you did the right thing, what we're doing is we're coming in contact with our new nature. It's like we had an encounter with that other person. And, oh, it felt so good. And Jesus is saying, don't let that feeling go. Don't let that person hide in a closet again. Walk as a child of the light. This is your new nature. That old nature, that, that it's supposed to be weird to do right things. That's, that's old thinking. It's supposed to be normal to do right things. We're a new creation. We are, the old is gone. The Bible even tells us there in uh, the last few weeks we've read it, it says, don't even regard anyone according to the flesh anymore. Don't even grade them. Don't even grade yourself according to the flesh anymore. Because your flesh is dead, 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 dead. He says, you even used to see Jesus through the flesh, but no more. You see him through the eyes of the Spirit. And so what happens is, our Christian walk goes from, this is supposed to not be something I want to do, and I have to make myself to do it, to where it becomes the greatest life that there could ever be lived. How many believe that Christianity is supposed to be the most awesome way to live? (laughs) We're supposed to be the healthiest, most beautiful, most, most fun people to be around. If the, if the Spirit of God lives inside of us, then we should be really awesome people. When people want to have fun, they should call us up. <laughs> Not say, well, I don't want to call them. They always poop on our party. <laughs> right? We should be the ones. And to teach people what real fun is. Make the change in your mindset. No. Jesus' way is the fun way, the best way, the right way. And it's possible for me to live that way. How many really believe that that's possible? I mean, really. I, I, think, in, I think it's in First or Second Peter. He repeats this in, from somewhere else in the Bible. that says, be holy because I'm holy. And, and this, this happened seven or eight years ago. I was, I was praying one day, and that, that scripture came to mind. It said, be holy, for I'm holy. And my whole life, I heard it as, be holy, because I'm holy. You have to be holy. And if you don't be holy, I will make you be holy. I'll take my belt off and make sure you're holy. And I heard it that way my whole life. 
And when I wasn't holy, I would think, man, I can't be holy. And then something changed one day, and I heard it like this. It was an invitation. Hey, come be holy with me. I did it so that you could do it. And instead of a, you be holy or I'm going to hurt you, it became, come with me. I'm on your team. And I'll hold your hand and we'll be holy together. And it totally changed how I heard a lot of different commands from the Bible. Walk as children of the light. No, he's not saying walk as children of the light. He's saying, come, take my hand. We'll go on an adventure together and we will walk as light together because you're light and I'm light. Let's imitate God together. I just feel Jesus taking our hands today and say, hey, I imitated God when I was on the earth. I said this a couple weeks ago, but it's, it's cheesy. I'll say it again. He had the what would God do bracelet, WWGD. <laughs> and he's like, I imitated God when I was in the earth. Everything I said, I heard God say first. Everything I did, I saw him do. So if Jesus was an imitator of the Father, and then Jesus is saying, hey, be imitators of God. He's saying, hey, come, I'll take your hands, and you will walk with me, and I will show you how to imitate my Father. I will walk with you to do this. You can't do it on your own. I did it so that you can. I made a way. So here, come with me. When Jesus told the disciples that he had to leave, they freaked out. I can just imagine how they felt. No, you can't leave. Don't leave us alone with Peter. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> right. Everyone's like sleeping with their eye open when Peter's around. <laughs> don't leave us alone with him. And he says, look, I have to leave because if I don't go, then the spirit can't come. And you know what one of the names of the Holy Spirit is? It, the Greek word is called the paraclete. Not parakeet. Paraclete. <laughs> and you know what that word paraclete means? It means the one who comes to walk beside. The one who comes to walk with you. So when God says imitate light, be a child of the light, be holy, be righteous, he's saying, I'm going to have the spirit of God come and rest on you. And we're going to come walk beside you to do this. You won't go alone. We told his disciples, I'll never leave you or I'll for, nor forsake you. And then he tells them, I'm going to leave you. He doesn't leave us. He, he's with us all the time. Holy Spirit is living inside of us. Jesus Christ is in our heart. The, the, the Godhead, God himself lives inside of us. And they're on our team and they're cheering us on. They're not against us. They're for us. They're not forcing their will upon us. This Matthew uh, 11, 28, 29, 30 says, Are you weary, heavy laden? Are you burdened down with religion? He's like, come to me. Come rest in me. And I'll teach you how to live. How to really live. And I will teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. That's what he's talking about here. I will come down and I will be the paraclete, the one who walks beside, the one who walks with you. And I will cause you to be able to do things you couldn't do on your own. Stop fighting with sin, people. Stop fighting with it. You are not a sinner. 
stop and walk as a child of the light. I don't know if I can do this. You can if you'll walk with him. You can You can if you'll go on an adventure with him. I don't know how to do that. You don't do it. You be it. You spend time with him. You let him invade your life. You know the easiest way for this to happen is for you to let him do something instead of you do something. I want to talk. I want to hit that. That's if you're if you're really having a hard time with this old nature thing, you don't need to do anything. You need to let him do something. Let him and just say, just invite him. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into my life. I invite your presence to come with me. I can't do this on my own. I need you to come do it with me. So all of a sudden your doing becomes just inviting him. Oh, man. Did you know that the way that we think can either become a fortress or a temple. The way I think about things can either become a fortress or a temple. A fortress is built to keep something out. A temple is built to bring something in, to invite something in. Listen to me. The way I think, the way I believe, the way I see God, the way I see myself can either become a fortress that blocks him away from me or it becomes a temple that invites him to come live in me. And it's all in the way I think. Thinking. Jesus, John the Baptist said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came, his first sermon, the first thing he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He told them, the first word he said to them, repent, meant change the way you've thought. Get a new idea, a new way of thinking, because your thinking can either be something that hinders you from having all of me, or can be something that just welcomes all of me into you. Mm. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, says, For though we live in the world, we do not fight the way the world fights. (laughs) How many like that? The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power (laughs) to demolish strongholds or fortresses, thoughts that are built to keep God out. We have the power to pull down strongholds, to demolish arguments, pretensions, preconceived ideas that are wrong. Every pretension that sets itself, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Everyone say that with me. We take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. We have to stop thinking that we're flesh trying to make ourselves do spiritual things. We are spiritual beings. If you've asked Jesus in your heart, then you have become a new creation, a a spiritual being now that's come alive that you didn't know about before, a whole new creation. 
that the world has never seen before. And we're alive in that. And if that's happened, then we're not trying to keep the old nature out. We're trying to keep the old nature dead. The way we keep the old nature dead is we don't talk about him. We don't refer to him. We don't partner with conversation concerning the old man. And we think differently about everything else. Amen? There's three places that our thoughts come from. They can come from God. They can come from ourselves or humanity. Or they can come from the enemy. Right? So when thoughts come into our minds, the first thing that we need to do as renewed thinkers is where did that thought come from? Did that thought come from God? If it did, oh, I'm going to take that thought captive and do it. Make it I'm going to be obedient to that thought. Is it me? And if it's me, am I partnering with a God thought or a not God thought? Or is it from the enemy? Because from the enemy, we throw it away. We don't even listen to it. We don't even listen to his offers. When he tries to sell us something, we don't listen. Oh, that sounds like a good deal. We don't listen to him. So when these thoughts come in, we take them captive because every thought can either be a fortress or a temple. Amen? So once we... Who takes captive the thought? We do. Which one of us? <laughs> Our new nature. Did you, have you ever had a, a thought come in and you knew it wasn't from God? It was a fearful thought or whatever it could be. And immediately you're like, man, dude, that's not from God. I am not accepting that. That was your spirit, man, doing what he was supposed to do. Did you know if you can do it one time, you can do it every time? I used, I, I used to, I still tell Josiah this, when he's learning a new sport or learning a new thing, and if when he was first learning how to catch, because that's really, that's a hard thing. We, it looks really easy to catch a ball once you get older, but when you're a little kid, just getting your hands together is not an easy thing, right? And then getting them together around a ball is just a miracle. It's like, wow, they've just like created fire with their hands when they catch it. Like, whoa, dad. And he would drop over and over again. I, I used to not be able to throw a baseball with him. I'd have to, you know, throw it underhand or whatever. And he'd drop it and he'd drop it. And he'd get a little bit older and he'd get frustrated. You're like, man, I dropped it like seven times out of ten. I'm like, but you caught it three times. But you caught it three times, buddy. And now he catches almost everything. I'm out there firing tennis balls at him, and he's just catching it like it's no big deal. But it, if, if, if he kept thinking, I'll never be able to catch, man, I, I, I dropped seven out of ten balls. That's just the way I am. I'm always going to drop seven out of ten. If he thought that way, and if I taught him that way, he would never be to where he catches almost everything thrown to him. It's all in thinking. He had, if he, had, he started where it was a fortress that blocked out an ability, and then he changed the way he thought because dad says, no, son, you caught three out of ten. Good job. Especially in baseball. I mean, baseball is a very tough sport where failure, you know, you hit 300, you hit three out of ten, you've done awesome. So teaching people, you know, you're succeeding, you're doing well, you did good. It's, it's all about changing the way we think. It's all about shifting our... So if we can take captive a bad thought one time, we can take captive every thought if we just practice. 
So go for two. You had eight slip by you. You got two out of ten. Celebrate the two out of ten and say, you know what? I caught two of them. Celebrate like you caught all of them. And then next time, you'll catch three of them. Celebrate like you caught all of them. Then you'll catch four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then when you celebrate like you caught all of them, you did catch them all. It's just changing the mindset, changing the way that we think. Celebrating victory. God's more about rewarding than punishing. Oh, did you know that God says of himself, he says he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is more interested in rewarding people than punishing people. So when you get two out of ten, he's cheering you on like you got two, ten out of ten, not two out of ten. Do you believe that? All of heaven is like, look at them go. Their new man caught three out of ten. Wow, they didn't even see the other seven. <laughs> oh, this is God. This is how he sees us. And as we think this way, it will create a momentum in our life. This is how momentum is created towards the new man. We celebrate every victory as if we won every battle. This is what we're doing in this house for testimony. We're going to celebrate every testimony until every time we pray, we get the answer we ask for. We're going to celebrate all of them. We're learning how to celebrate. We're a little bit like, yeah, celebrate now. But one of these days, we're going to be like, yeah, you know. Well, we're getting there because we're, we're retraining ourselves. We're new creations. We have a new nature inside of us. We are not sinners. We're not graded on the seven we missed out of ten. Let's just keep getting more out of them. Let's get more of those thoughts, right? So let's close. Practice living your new nature. Just practice. Ephesians 5 that we read earlier, it closes, it says, and then try to find what pleases God. <laughs> Dude, that is like a blank check. It's like God said, hey, just figure out what I like. Just, just try. Find out. Find out what pleases God in your life. Do something. Say, God, is this pleasing to you? And God will say, yes, I like that. <laughs> that smells awesome to me. And you'll know, oh, this pleases God. And you'll put it on your list. God, does this please you? Oh, I'm so happy with you. You know what you'll find out? He's pleased all the time. It's probably very hard to not please God. So practice. You cannot fail. Learning the new nature, you can't fail. Tripping and falling is not failure. How many of you have ever trained one of your children to ride a bike? I want to see hands just because, yeah. How many times do they fall before they get it? Once you take them training wheels off, it's... It's like, dude, let's put pads on, jeans on, long sleeves, helmets. Like, let's put two helmets on you just in case. <laughs> You're bound to do something crazy and break your head open. Right? Man, they get two pedals and they fall. 
Do we get mad at them when they do that? We're like, oh, dude, you went like three feet. Good job. Basically, the bike sat there and failed because of, you know, gravity. But you did good. You sat on the bike. But as they get better at it and better at it, we just cheer them on. You know, we help them go. We help them get going along. And before you know it, they're doing things we would never do on a bike. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. What is he doing? I don't know if I ever tried that when I was a kid. Because we didn't get mad at them for falling. If we yelled at them every time they fell trying to ride a bike, they would probably say, get this, I'm never riding a bike. Not only am I getting cut up, but you're yelling at me at the same time. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it's like slap, slap. God's not like that with us. We're learning. He is patient. Graham Cook says it like this. He is slow to anger. (laughs) Slow to anger. He's patient with us. He believes in you. Why don't you say that? He believes in me. Now say this, and I believe in me. That's Joel Olstein's influence on me today. <laughs> I believe in me. It's good. It's a good word. It's true. You can do this. You're not failing. If you're still running with him and you're still talking to him, you're not failing. Just don't stop being connected to him. Don't stop talking to him. Don't stop listening to him. You may be dropping nine out of ten. Just keep going. Try, try, try. Don't quit. Don't give up. If God is for us, who can be against us? You're doing good. You're doing good. I want to tell you, you say, I'm doing good. Find out what pleases him and do it. It's harder to drop drop those pop-ups when we're doing the right things. But do what pleases God. And before you know it, you'll look back and laugh. What's that song? I'm laughing at I'm laughing at the things that once held me bound. I'm dancing in the freedom that I've found. Because your love is better than life, and I long for you more than I ever did before. I can't get enough of you because I'm in love with you. And oh, how I long for you, because I am in love with you. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Laughing at what I used to drop. Oh, that's easy now. I don't even, that isn't even a problem. Josiah's like, don't throw it like that, Dad. Throw it really high now. And he used to, he's like, don't throw it high. Now he's like, break your arm trying to hit the sky. (laughs) It just happens. Oh, it's just fun. This is fun. Christianity is fun. Being with God, he's fun to be with. He's not mean. He's not mean. He's not mean at all. He's really, really good. Why don't you just, let's just tell him that, yeah? We've been talking about him. Let's talk to him, yeah? Oh, God, you're so good. (laughs) Everything that we're talking about today, you are, and even more. (laughs) Oh, I thank you because we're learning the layers that you have of your goodness. 
thank you for your grace that helps us to do what we never could have done on our own. Thank you for catching all those ones we drop. <laughs> and then just cheering us on like we caught it. <laughs> That's so good, God. So good. <laughs> we love you. Oh, yeah. I want you to just tell me you love him. Yeah. We really love you, Lord. We really do. And we're really happy you're on our team. <laughs> so glad I'm not against you and you're not against me. We're not fighting anymore. <laughs> you broke down the wall that divided us. You did it. <laughs> you initiated every one of these things. You initiated love to us. And we are responding. prayed this morning that God would just show us who he is today, that, that no one would leave here without a good picture of who God is. So I just say, God, yes, right now, develop that picture that's in our mind. Develop it really well. It may be in the dark room right now. It may, it may look, you know, a little bit, you know, thin. It may look shadowy, it may, but develop it until we see the fullness of who you are. Every young person, every older person, God, let us learn who you are as our Father. Really good Father. You're really, 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 really good. Really good. Oh, man. It's a lot more fun to take risk when you don't think you can fail. You hear that? You cannot fail. So what's what's the risk? The only risk is to not try. It's the only real risk is to not try. Because if we don't try, we miss out on all this fun. We miss out on it. Oh. How many want to be just like him, yeah? Why don't you just pray right where you're at that you want I want to be like you, God. I want to be like the things we've talked about. I want to be just like you. I want to be patient, God. I want to be in control of myself. I want to be Just keep talking to him.
Lord, help us to have thoughts that are temples that invite you and not fortresses that push you away. (laughs) Help us to take captive our thoughts, to be in control of what goes through our minds, to recognize where thoughts come from, and to create a habitation for you, a place that you want to be, a place where you want to live and dwell. We ask you to come into our lives. We welcome you. Why don't you just welcome him? Say, come into my life, every area. Tell him nothing's off limits, God. (laughs) It's a good prayer to pray. It's not a scary prayer. It's a good one. Nothing's off limits, God. 